You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Awesome. Well, this morning, before we get going, or as we start going, um, and really for the next few weeks, we're going to read portions of the Christmas story, but I was... My, my goal was to have a child help us read this each week. Uh, our sermon series that we're launching today is called Awe and Wonder. And how many know a child, and we'll talk about it, uh, there's wonder and awe surrounding a child's life. And, uh, and so I've asked Addie Chorney to launch us. And so come on up, Addie. And uh, she's going to read, and let's encourage her, yeah. And uh, this is the portion of Scripture from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And without further ado, I'm going to back this up so everyone can see you. And you need to stand right there and uh, have at it. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, I thank you for the Christmas story, the power that it is for us. And Lord, I just pray that it would come alive, not only today, but throughout this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Addie. I love you. I appreciate you reading that. Awesome. Awesome. Church, there is awe and wonder throughout the entire Christmas story, before, during, and after, and it's the awe and wonder surrounding the Christmas story that makes the Christmas season so incredible. For many, uh, you'll call this this season the most wonderful time of year. I know that's uh, not the case for everyone, uh, depending on what you're facing, but it is a magical time of year. There's fun, there's awe, there's excitement, right? There's the wonder uh, that's all around. And when I think of awe and wonder in particular, uh, I was thinking about it. My mind naturally goes to nature. And I think of water and mountains and trees and flowers. And you watch a sunrise or a sunset or you experience a storm and you think, wow, 
There, this is amazing. There's a wonder around that. My daughter and I, earlier this year, we were able to uh, make it to Northern California and then into uh, Oregon, and it was incredible. Our drive back to Portland from uh, the redwood trees uh, along the highway there, along the ocean, uh, we, we, there was times we'd just pull over and get out and just look around is like, this is incredible. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Pitchered Rocks. How many have ever been up to Pitchered Rocks or to Quaminon Falls, right? Or how many have ever uh, climbed a sand dune, right? And you're climbing and you're like, how am I ever going to get to the top of this thing? And you think about, you know, where your, where your foot steps, uh, the imprint in the sand that's displaced. God knows the number of the, the grains of sands on the, on the earth. And it's amazing, right? Or if you're not such a nature person, if you've ever visited a big city like Chicago or New York or L.A., you look up at the skyscrapers and you're thinking, wow, this is incredible. There's awe and wonder. For many of us, we love music. How many are music lovers, especially at Christmas time? All right, yeah, we got some music lovers. Well, uh, I was, uh, when we were first dating, Jessica and I, uh, we, I, Jessica was a, a concert pianist, not the most of you would know that, but I uh, was an incredible pianist. And, uh, and so we, I started listening to Yanni. You guys remember Yanni? Yeah. And, uh, and I remember we got a VHS tape of Yanni of Live at the Acropolis. Has anybody heard of that? Or you remember that goes back a long time. And I would watch that in awe and amazement. It was amazing. And uh, if you've ever been to a concert, maybe you've, you've had a sense of awe and wonder. Uh, my favorite concert, I don't know what yours is, but mine was a few years ago. Uh, someone gifted us a gift at Christmas to go to the Hillsong United concert. And it felt like heaven. It was incredible. And uh, when I think of awe and wonder, I also think of giving a gift, seeing someone's face light up. Have you ever given a gift that made somebody cry? <laughs> Isn't that the best? Uh, when, I, when I was on staff uh, in my previous church, I was a kid's pastor, and the staff, we decided to bless our pastor, hint, hint. No, no, just is not. No, we, we decided to bless our pastor with a gift he really loved scripture, and we knew that he wanted a piece of artifact of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we were on vacation and uh, went to the, the Holy Land experience, and uh, we found that you could buy replicas, and we bought him a section uh, as a staff, and we, when we presented it to him, he literally uncontrollably wept in front of us. Pastor Brown, I love him. And uh, it was one of those gifts I will never forget giving. And it was like, okay, I think we hit the spot, right? I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. But there's awe and wonder around gift giving. In art or spirituality, people would say, uh, and music and nature and other things like that. And when I think of awe and wonder, I think about being curious. And I, my mind goes to a child that's curious. And uh, if you've ever raised a, uh, a child, there's a season that is, seems like it will never end where the child will just ask the question over and over and over, but why? But why? Did that happen in your home? But why? But why? In the curiosity, there's this awe and wonder that comes naturally as being a child. But over time, unfortunately, life kind of beats the wonder out of us. And I was thinking, well, when 
did we all get so desensitized, right? At what age? And, and some people have even stopped believing in Santa. Hard to believe. But at uh, what age do we lose the sense of awe and wonder? When did we as adults get stuck in a rut? And the truth is it's not always just a, a, an age. It's experience. Sometimes when you experience something for the first time, there's awe and wonder around that. Um, one of my friends, Matt Biller, um, he's probably watching right now because uh, he's sick at home, but uh, Matt just got back from Africa. It was his first international trip, and the awe and the wonders I sat with him this week as he shared the stories and, and uh, showed me pictures, and, and it, was just, it was awesome to see that on his face. His family, uh, hopefully he'll be getting feeling better at Christmas, they're going to be going to Florida, and he was telling me that his kids, none of his kids have been on an airplane. And I promise you that when their kids get on an airplane for a first time, you know they're looking out the windows. They're hyper aware of all those things. There's a sense of awe and wonder. But if you sit next to an executive that has 100,000 miles uh, on a plane, you know they're out sleeping or reading or working, not even looking out over the, the landscape. And uh, it's just the difference because you get desensitized in those things. You become familiar. And when I think about familiarity, I think about our faith. I think about our life is how God, uh, you know, how we're tracking through. And our faith can get, uh, can get to the point where we uh, wonder, uh, you know, did we lose the sense of awe around who Jesus is, around the Christmas story. And you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever been bored in your devotion or bored with Jesus? Have you ever yawned or skimmed over the pages of familiar stories, reading through the Gospels, or especially around the Christmas story, and you're like, well, I've read that before, I've heard that before. Well, when you do that, or when I have done that, that speaks nothing about the greatness of our God and about the greatness of the story of Christmas. In fact, what it does, it, it says everything about our own calloused nature, our hearts that get desensitized in, uh, for many that will live in this safe Christianity instead of being bold and sharing and moving forward. So as we talk about awe and wonder over the next few weeks, I want to talk about our senses because we were physically and emotionally wired to notice, to notice things, that our senses become alive. You know that kids notice things, right? And kids don't overcomplicate things, and our, but our senses over time will get desensitized, and some of us will lose our sense of wonder. And so I want to bring us to this place where our senses are coming alive again. When you think of touch, or you think of taste, or the way we can listen, or see, or even smell. And even some of you have heard have a sixth sense, and we can talk about that later. But, uh, but I want to help us in this season to uh, kind of start things off right. At the beginning of December here, at the beginning of Advent season, a few days in, what I'd like us to do, and I'd like for you to participate, is I want everyone to stand right where you are. 
And what I want you to do, if you're comfortable, if you don't have to, but if you're comfortable, I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. And if you're sitting with your family, you could even up the example and put your arm around their shoulders, all right? Come on, just you know, kind of hug them. Yes, yeah, so we got some families here together like this. And I want us to, I want to pray for us. And uh, I can see some of you are not comfortable, but that's okay. Uh, totally fine. But what, I, what I'm going to pray <laughs> is that the Holy Spirit would uncross the arms that we have mentally and emotionally crossed over uh, these next few weeks. And that the, the opportunity for us to be awed and experience the wonder of Jesus would come alive. And so as we hold our hands, or as we have our hands around our loved ones, I want you to say this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, help me to be open, to be awed by you. As we say that, as we experience that together, we've just asked the Lord to do that. I believe that we serve a God that will come close, up close and personal. We can be awed by his unconditional love. And we can experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this season. Lord, fall afresh on us. Awaken us with awe in wonder. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Squeeze the hand of the person next to you or give them a hug real quick, and then you can be seated. Awe and wonder. Lord, help us to be aware of what God is doing in and through our lives this season. Well, when you look at a definition of awe, my mind goes to this idea that we're, we experience something bigger than we are of, on our own. One of the definitions I found that had the word wonder in it, which I thought was awesome, is this idea that, this, that awe is the sense of wonder that we feel in the presence of something vast that transcends our understanding of the world. And when you look at a, a, a definition like that, it doesn't take a lot to go from awe to awesome, right? And uh, how, everybody say awesome, right? Well, awesome is probably one of those words that are much overused in our culture. Be, in, I know a couple years ago when the Lego movie came out, uh, everything is awesome. You guys remember that? If you got kids, you heard that over and over probably in your house. Well, the truth is, is if everything's awesome, then nothing is awesome, right? But there is a super fact found in God's Word that is so true that awesome is found in the Christmas story. When you look at the story and even back up to the Old Testament, and I read a little bit earlier from Isaiah, uh, for unto us a son is given, a, a child is born, right? Those prophetic words and all of the prophecy that is around Jesus being born and the fact that one person fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, the, the chances of that are basically impossible without Jesus, right? And there's awesome in that. And you look at Mary's story, which we're going to hone in on next week. 
Uh, there's a lot of awesome things. The angel visits, the star in the sky, right? The shepherds, the wise men. As I was reading the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, uh, something jumped out to me this week. Uh, the, the, even after Jesus was born and was being presented in the temple, uh, the, the prophet Simeon and the prophetess Anna, both, who's, it says in Scripture, they were waiting patiently or eagerly awaiting or eagerly expecting for the Messiah to come, looking for it. And when they saw Jesus, something leapt in their spirit. And it says they were amazed. In other words, they were filled with awe and wonder. And these stories, and when you read the Christmas story, we're going to read it over the next few weeks, different parts and pieces. These, these stories are full of universe-altering miracles. And right embedded in Luke chapter 1, as the birth of Jesus was being foretold, there is verse 37 that says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Nothing will be impossible with God. I love that verse. We read that earlier. Or, um, uh, um, Addie, thank you. Addie did. <laughs> I was thinking Anna and Addie. Yes. And what's great is embedded in this story, there, you know, this angel visits Mary. The angel says, you have been a person that has found favor with God. And she's saying, what in the world is happening here? Can you even imagine an angel showing up and speaking? Then the angel drops the bomb, you will be with child. And she's saying, excuse me, right? And, and there's a lot of awe and wonder around that. She, Mary says, how could this be? And the angel responds, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is what Addie read earlier. And, and then the angel says, and by the way, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, she is pregnant. People said that she was barren, but she has now conceived a son. It was the very first reveal party right there. And poof, blue explodes. And uh, you have conceived a son and now is six months pregnant. And then verse 37 comes and the angel says, for nothing is impossible for God. I love that. In other versions, it says, for the word of God will never fail. The Christmas story is full of awe and wonder. Max Lucado summarizes uh, a few of the Christmas ideas, and he says, Jesus humbled himself. We read that in Philippians chapter 2 this morning. It says he, this is Max Lucado writing, he says, he went from commanding angels to now sleeping in the straw. For he went from holding the stars in the sky to clutching onto Mary's finger. The palm that held the universe would then later take the nail of a soldier. And just the way Max Lucado writes just kind of brings you back to these moments and kind of uh, alive, it makes our senses come alive. There's awe and wonder in the story. That is, if our senses are alive and well. And so, Lord, help us to notice the wonder of the story, especially this year, 2021. You say, well, why especially this year, 2021? Well, uh, this has been 
a difficult year for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Uh, of course, you can't look back. We should be looking at the present and looking forward. But uh, the, the past, if we are honest, uh, and maybe what you're even experiencing today is, is difficult. And I understand that. And I just want to speak that God in this season, as we think about awe and wonder, he wants to fill our lives with hope. He wants to fill your life with hope. And so many have had the wind knocked out of them in this season. And even my own wife, Jessica, uh, she works at the Grand Haven Public Schools. And, and, uh, and she, she, we often will say the school is kind of like COVID central. And it's been nonstop in the, this past several months. And uh, she will come home and she, she'll just be like, man, I am physically and emotionally exhausted. It's like nonstop. And, and, uh, and Jessica, you, I know you've said that you felt weary, and, and I get that. And for so many of us in this season, uh, there are some real challenges. I, we have people in our church right now that are in the hospital and, uh, and suffering, and uh, we pray for them and ask God to just minister. And we're praying for Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't know if you've got the, the service on, but I know that you're there. And we're praying for you. And there's others as well. And they're facing serious challenges with family. And we've got relationship issues that are, are kind of spiking or financial issues when you look at Christmas and the expectations and you look at the cost of groceries and you look at the cost of, uh, of trying to keep everything going, it can be overwhelming. There may be trouble at school or with work or even sickness. I delivered a city serve uh, uh, package, which was like my whole car full. Uh, someone in our church um, wanted, uh, knew a family that right after they uh, had a baby a few weeks back, um, the wife uh, ended up with COVID and has been in the hospital on a ventilator and been suffering. And, uh, and, and we were able to bless that family. And I was the one to be able to deliver that. And, uh, and so I was able to pray with the family. But again, there's people struggling with sickness. And, and I just, I, let's just call it for what it is. The devil is working over time. But we serve a God full of awe and wonder. There's too many that are feeling hopeless. People that you come in contact with in your work, in school, and in your neighborhood, and even in your family, to different degrees. And what happens? It becomes hard to hope again when you've been beat down. You might even say, well, if I don't hope for a miracle, I will not be disappointed. And I get that. But the Christmas story is a story of great hope. And if anything, it can bring and shine light and hope into our situations. We just need to notice it again, to see it afresh, to taste it again. Well, how do we do that? Well, there's a few ideas when we talk about hope that we can kind of uh, number one is come back to the basics, right? I want to encourage you this season to be reading the Christmas story with fresh eyes and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, to revisit all that he has done for you. The second thing I would say is to, in this season, make sure you're having fun. Do not be 
a Scrooge. Can I get an amen? We just came through a Holy Spirit series. We ended the Holy Spirit series with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. These things should be alive and active in our lives. And if that's true, no Scrooges allowed, all right? And so we're going to have fun. The next thing I would say to bring hope back into your life or to, with a fresh perspective is to not let consumerism take over. And that we could spend a lot of time with, but we won't. Uh, but especially in this season with inflation, let's take the pressure off. Let's tell our kids we're going to do things a little different. Let's scale back. It will be good for us. And it, it's just healthy to do that at times. Another way we can bring hope back is by studying Advent. That was not something, a tradition for me growing up, but in my adult years, I've understood, and I know many of you come from a tradition where that's important. It's a story of hope. It's for us, and it's for others to be walking through. It gives us an, op an opportunity. So whether it's following a calendar or reading a book, or uh, it's all about the coming, the anticipation of Jesus. The other thing when you think about hope and bringing hope back is you can serve someone. Give of your time. Give of your talent, your skills, your resources. And as I was just studying this and talking about it with my daughter yesterday at the kitchen table, she encouraged me to, to, to be thinking not only inwardly what this does in our own lives that brings hope, but the outward response of what God does on the inside. And I appreciated that. This idea that this is not just for us, this is for others, and we need to capitalize that on that in this season. And then I've got just two more notes. The first one is let's put our phones away at times to look up because there is hope. We look up here at church or look up at the, at the store where you're shopping or at your work, or with your family, because you are the hope, and you can bring that hope to others. And then the last little note I have that might help bringing hope in this season and bringing a sense of awe and wonder is maybe your family should bake a birthday cake for Jesus this year. How many of you have ever done that? My grandma, when we were growing up, she every year would bring a Christmas cake or a birthday cake and we would sing happy birthday to Jesus and I've been thinking about that a lot uh, as many of you know I lost my grandma uh, and at Christmas time my mind often will go back to grandma and those types of things and it puts not only does it put a smile on my face it reminds me brings me back to those childhood memories where we can have hope again See, I'm convinced that no matter what you're facing, we can fill our hearts with hope, which leads to awe and wonder. And I want to talk about our hearts for a moment because our hearts, uh, it, it's what affects us deeply. It's not the ornaments and the candies and the caroling and the lights and the trees. Those things will fill our hearts uh, temporarily with awe and wonder, but long term it won't because our hearts, according to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, our heart is deceitful above all things. 
See, our hearts will trick us. And that's kind of a tricky thing to get our minds around. But our hearts will fool us. It'll trick us to say, well, everything's okay. Or that we, we know that uh, you're, you're sliding spiritually, but your heart will say, okay, it's, it, you're okay in the state of spiritual hibernation. Our hearts will tell us that awe and wonder is just for kids on Christmas morning. But the truth is, Awe and wonder belongs to those who notice the miracles around them. And if we notice the miracles around us, our hearts will remain soft, which will lead to hope, which leads to awe and wonder. I really like what Lisa Harper said around this idea of our hearts being aware in the spiritual uh, awakening. She says this, Being amazed by God's grace is a sign of spiritual vitality. So when you see something happen and being aware of what God is doing, and if you have the ability to see that and your heart is touched, that is a sign of spiritual vitality. She goes on, it is a litmus test of how firm and real our grasp is of the Christian gospel and how close our walk with the Lord is. Church. I want our lives to be full, to be full of awe and wonder. What does the enemy do, though? Satan, he comes and he attacks our hope, our awe, our wonder. He attacks our hearts, right? The devil lures us into into a a place where we become awe-jaded, where sometimes he'll even convince us that we have a mature faith, and what happens is it desensitizes us until we are jolted back into reality, saying, hey, pay attention. There's awe and wonder around us. Lord, help us to see the awesomeness of God, even in common things. Amen? So as part of the uh, message uh, preparation this week, I, I got out yesterday into the woods I, Jessica and I, we went for a long walk, and on the walk, I, I was telling her, hey, you know, I want to uh, get out and uh, spend some time. Uh, I, I like winter camping. I like uh, sleeping in the snow. I know some people think that's weird, um, but um, I was like, I'm going to take a nap uh, out in the woods uh, this week, or, or today. This was yesterday. And so I did. We got home, and I gathered up a couple things, threw it in the backpack, and, and went out and, and, uh, and set up, and two pads in my bivy sack. And, and I'm just, and I'm setting up in literally the biggest spider I've ever seen in Hoffma. It was like this big. No, it was, it was, it was like this. And I'm like down on my knees. It was like right there. And it looked like octopus feet or legs. And it was like, it was the weirdest color. And I immediately like stomped on him like, ah, because I, I don't like spiders. And then I thought I should have taken a picture of that to show you guys. And I, I missed the opportunity, uh, but that's okay. Because, because what I was thinking in, in my preparation was the awe and wonder that we can have in nature. And literally, if you're struggling with awe and wonder, this would be your assignment. And we could all do this. From now till Christmas, go into the woods and just stand there for a time, a minute or two, or 15, or an hour. Take a nap, and you just 
start looking around. Or you can get down in the dirt and even just take one square foot and just kind of dig away and just watch that one square foot and it will come alive over time. I guarantee it. I did it. I did kind of a square foot there and, and just kind of watched. And, and there are little bugs that were kind of... But um, uh, it, was, it was so neat to kind of watch. And within 15 minutes, as I was kind of uh, wrapping up and I, I kind of did that, uh, there, were, there were little things that I noticed. And again, my senses were coming alive. Let your senses come alive this season. Try noticing every little detail and be amazed and full of wonder again. See, our senses, when they come alive, um, the touching, tasting, smelling, seeing, and hearing, it really comes back to this idea that we, as God's people, need to be noticing. And what do we need to be noticing? We need to, when we have time with the Lord, we start noticing, even in a busy season, of what God is up to. Everywhere we look, we can notice God at work. He's at work. He's working behind the scenes. He's working in the forefront and then behind us and all around us. The Lord is at work. And our hearts, I believe, when we start to notice, will beat afresh and anew with awe and wonder of who Jesus is this season. What I've been praying, and as we've been thinking about this series for uh, a couple months now, is that this season would be a restoration of awe and wonder. And as I've been praying that, the Lord brought me, I was reading through Ezekiel, and uh, I kind of read uh, chapter 37 a few weeks back in preparation uh, the valley of dry bones and how they're speaking to the bones. But in the chapter before that, Ezekiel chapter 36, you can write it down, look at it later. Uh, verses 26 and 27 says this. And this is Ezekiel speaking to, uh, the, to the restoration of Israel. Look what he says. And I will give you a new heart. Just put your hand on your heart here for a moment as I say that again. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. Think about that. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. And I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This is speaking to me, this idea of a restoration of awe and wonder. And I don't care where you are on your walk with the Lord, whether this is the best season you've ever had or you are really struggling or maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. My prayer for you and for us in this season is that the Lord would fall afresh on us. That we would be able to hope again. That our lives, that we would believe in miracles. We would believe that God is a power.
powerful God like we talked about in our Holy Spirit series. I believe that this is a season that God wants to heal and restore and touch. I believe that God wants to restore marriages. He wants to restore relationships. God wants to move in our lives. That there would be restoration for whatever you stand in need of today. I just believe that it's possible. When we look at what was prophesied in Ezekiel, it gives us the courage to answer a question. What do you need from God? What do you need from God? What is beyond you in this season? What miracle do you need? What seems to be impossible? And can I just remind you of the verse that's embedded right there in Scripture, the angel talking to Mary. He said, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And if that's true, the awe and the wonder of that statement, I'm believing, will come alive this series, in this season, in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, I'm just asking that in these next few moments, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, that you would awaken our senses, you would help us to notice, Lord, you would break away the stony, hard hearts, and Lord, that you would just touch our hearts and make them soft and moldable and hyper aware of what you're doing. God, I pray that we will see you even beyond the birth narrative, the story of Christmas, and we'll see you with fresh eyes. We'll see you with a sense of awe and wonder. God, we need this. We need this. Lord, touch us in Jesus' name. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around here for the next moment. I just believe that God is stirring among us beyond even the birth story. There's a link between Christmas and Easter, Christmas and the cross. And I want us just to shift our focus for a moment of the awe and the wonder around the story of the cross, the story of Jesus, that he came, but then he also gave his life and was nailed to the cross. Like Max Lucado said, the, the palms that held the universe now were nailed to a cross. And if you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we want to offer you a free gift of salvation that's related to what God is doing in these stories. He died on the cross so he could take your sin to make you clean, to make you whole, to fill your life with awe and wonder. And if you're here and you're away from God, maybe you've served him at one point, but uh, you'd say, if I'm honest, um, I'm not sure if I were to die today, if I'd even make it to heaven. Or maybe you're here and you do not have a relationship. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. As we think about that, 
you're sitting here, if the Lord's working in your life, or if you're online and you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I, I want you just to type it in. Say, I need salvation or I need Jesus. And we will follow up. We, want, we have resources we will, we will flood you with, and we want to do that. But if you're here this morning in the room, and that's you, and you're saying, man, I need that, would you just slip up your hand right where you are? Uh, right where you are, I just want to pray for you. If your walk is not where it needs to be, you say, man, I need to come back to Jesus, or I need the Lord to touch, uh, I need uh, salvation, I've never accepted Jesus, we've been praying for you. Anyone here first service that would respond to a salvation call, just slip up your hand so I can see it. Anyone at all? All right, I don't see any hands, so this is what I want to do. I want you to think about the one person in your life this season that you will interact with that needs to hear a message like this. Can you identify one person, someone that you're going to interact with? And it could be someone online that you would send our link to, or it could be someone you would invite to one of our Christmas celebration services. Someone that needs to be awed and wondered and full because that's the most important thing that, that needs to happen on a weekly basis. And I just want us to pray for that person that the Lord is putting on our heart. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker, It could be a, an enemy. I don't know. <laughs> but who is God putting on your heart? And will you just pray for them here just for a moment? Just ask the Lord to help you to see them in a different light give you courage through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to them. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunity this season to make a difference. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask that everyone would stand right where you are. And as we bring this service to the close, and we've got a, a song that we're going to close with, and then Pastor Sean is going to pray us out at the end. But I want to ask the question again, if we could put it up there. What do you need from God? What is it that you stand in need of? What seems to be beyond you where you need a miracle? A physical touch? A financial miracle? Maybe relationally? could be spiritually. What is it that you need from God? And then let's put up Luke chapter 1, verse 37. I want us to say this together. For nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? If you're here this morning and you have a need in this season, that seems impossible on your own. But your senses are being awakened to the awe and the wonder of the season. Could you believe with me that the Holy Spirit would fall afresh on that circumstance? I believe it. Let's believe it together and let's see the impossible happen. Amen? Father, I just pray that you would capture our hearts like I've been praying. From the Christmas to the cross, the awe and the wonder, fall afresh on us. Dear Jesus.
pray in your wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Fall afresh. You know, I get the sense in this room that maybe you've been asking God for something for a long time. And can I encourage you this morning, continue seeking God and remind yourself it is the power of his presence. So remember to get in his presence when you leave this place this morning, to get in his presence and worship, to get in the presence and reading of the word and to remind yourself of the awe and wonder that Christ can bring. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this season and just the reminder of who you are and just the awe and wonder that is in your name. And so, Lord, I pray uh, as we exit this place this morning, would we go out in boldness? Would we go out in uh, just the power of your presence, knowing that uh, we can be reminded of you everywhere we walk, everywhere we go. We can be reminded of just the uh, uh, wonder and awe of uh, your glory and what you bring to us. And Lord, I even pray that again, you would remind us even of the cross through the season and what you did for us. Lord, we give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen, 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 amen. Remind you just to uh, hang out and have some hot cocoa and Hershey kisses and just connect with people as we leave this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.